This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. What's up, people? Uh, I'm putting this video out there for people who are lost, who are unsure of what's happening here. You know, unsure of what lies after this this life that we have, and uh, and I know what's after here from seeing it, and it's very scary, and it's my duty since I'm still here to let you know what I seen. Um, at a point in my life I was drug addicted, I was an alcoholic, um, my usual day was go to work, I always made good money so I go to work, do my job, but after that party hard, drinking, drugging all night come home early in the a.m. Sometimes don't come home for a day or two, you know. Uh, go on binges with the drugs and this and that. And basically, I, it was like the Wild West. I, anything went. I could do and did do whatever I wanted. I didn't care what anybody said. I had no consequences. I lived in excess and a total pagan lifestyle with not caring of anything. Now, during that time, my whole life I've loved Jesus in my heart, you know. But, you know, I, I prayed every night. I prayed with my kids, but I knew I was a hypocrite, you know. When I was home, I prayed with them. But it was like, you know, I prayed with them and then I'm a screw-up, you know what I'm saying? So, I was hypocritical, but I knew my kids needed to know the truth. And the truth was God. I just wasn't following the truth. And I remember in my addiction every day saying, Lord, please don't take me today because I am not ready. And uh, I lived that pagan lifestyle for years. And one time I was on meth and I was up for five days. And, uh, and I mean five days up. No closing of the eyes, none of that, just a blink. You weren't sleeping, you were up. And uh, my body started to go into some kind of convulsion, ODing, whatever. I mean, my heart was jumping out of my chest, 911, ambulance, all that stuff. Uh, and I thought I was dying. And, um, you know, I said goodbye to my children, you know, because I didn't think I was going to see them again, you know, honestly. And uh, I was trying to give them, like, Lifelong lessons, as I can hear the ambulance a couple blocks away coming. Hey, guys, believe in God. Uh, don't be mad at God. Try and be like Job. You know, understand that the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. You know, trying to make all this stuff up in two seconds when nobody's listening because it's panic. You know, and uh, I thought that was the last time I was going to see my family. And uh, on that ambulance trip now to the hospital... I was out of my body three different times on the ceiling of the ambulance you know and I'm sitting there and I'm floating and I'm looking down and I see my body and I'm like oh my gosh you know what did I do you know I'm outside of my body how is this possible you know is this is this what I made of my life you know, I had everything. The Lord, I, I could see the Lord gave me kids, three beautiful children, gave me a wife. And look what I've done. I, I've ignored everything. I've thrown, I've spit in his face at every possible chance. And just did what I wanted to do. What was pleasing to me, to my flesh. So, as I'm going through that, you know, peace, 
craziness in my body. Peace, craziness. Now, I say peace because I was out of my body and I wasn't in the, you know, convulsions or whatever that I was in when I was in my body. When I was out of it, I was cool. I was just, you know, it was real peaceful, but I was in pitch blackness. So it was peace, but I was scared. I was like, what is this? You know what I mean? Where am I at and what's going to happen now? The transition from my body was just like me stepping over. You know what I'm saying? So I realized I don't know where I'm at and I was pretty scared to be in that darkness, even though it was peace. So I remember, uh, you know, going to the emergency room and they, you know, putting IVs and all in me. And anyway, I just said, Lord, if you want to take me tonight, then I accept your will. But if you let me live, I'll do better. And with that, I sat back, relaxed, and, you know, thank God, I stabilized, and uh, and I made it, you know. Maybe ten hours later, I was discharged, you know. And uh, I remember one of the guys saying to me, um, one of the ambulance guys coming in later on in the shift, he came over and he said, oh, you made it, man. And I said, yeah, yeah, you know, I was thanking him for helping me and all, and he said, you know, i seen guys come in here in less shape than you and leave with uh, a sheet over them. And he said, I didn't think, you know, I wasn't sure if you were going to make it. And I thought to myself, man, you know, I came that close to death. And uh, but by the grace of God, I returned home that night, early the next morning. And uh, from that point on, I sought out detox and all that. And within a couple of days, I was in a detox and trying to do my thing and get sober. So when I get done with that stuff, that program, uh, I come home, I, you know, feel myself out, get used to myself a little bit, and I go back to work. Now when I go back to work, first day I'm back to work, a guy's chopping out some heroin. So it's like, I go to step towards him, you know, because I see the heroin, my mind's telling me, go get a bump, you know, but it's like, Wait, I can't do that. You know, I I got to live a sober life now. So for six months, I tried to live sober, and I did live sober. I didn't drink. Uh, you know, I was still smoking cigarettes and stuff, but no weed, no cigarette, uh, no beer, you know, no alcohol, no drugs. So, and even during that time, you know, I, I couldn't leave the job. You know, I had a prayer book with me, and I would, you know, There'd be times I just pulled a prayer book out and start praying to God or reading a page or two because I needed help, you know. I wanted to go to the bar or this or that. I couldn't drive around town because every street in that town I had partied on or done something on that would trigger me. And uh, I was worried I might fall into drinking again. So for six months I chased God. Now, I didn't do it right because I didn't know how to get to God. I didn't know how to approach God or how to come to God. I would go to church at break time or lunch time, sit in church, pray. But, you know, at the same time, I was looking into other things like the occult. I was looking into astral travel, psychics, mediums. I was looking into past lives. Um, I had even attended uh, some uh, big uh, hotel or something, one of these famous uh, psychic mediums. You know, there's maybe been 100 people there. and You pay 100 bucks and go see them. And it was like... I was trying with all my might to seek out the truth, but I was, you know, trying to come to Christ and also bringing in the occult, which, you know, isn't going to weigh out. You can't be with Jesus if you're with the occult. So I was confused, and I really did not know how to seek him out. Now, after six months of sobriety, I, uh, I started to get weak and irritated, and because uh, it was so hard for me every single day to get home. You know, to get my butt in that house without pulling out of my driveway and going to get something to drink. You know, it was such a tough struggle. And looking back, it was amazingly tough. Uh, but I started to get irritated. And, you know, I said to my wife, six months today. She said, six months for what? And I said, six months. I've been sober. She's like, oh, that's good. I thought, that's good. You know, now being an adult, I'm supposed to do stuff for myself. But at that point, I had struggled through so much every day. I want to, you know, 
I want a huge uh, party or something, Rang, you know, run a parade down the street or something, let's break out a celebration, you know, this is six months, man, every day, some of my days feel like they're a hundred years from all this, you know, so with that, I was like, you know what, okay, or that's good, good, you know, I'll show you good, you know, so my whole mindset changed right there, and, uh, and not that it's her fault, but, you know, I was probably looking for a reason to do that because I was already irritated. So, all of a sudden, I go back. And I go back to drinking, and then I go back to drugging. And what they say is true. When you go back, you go back harder each time. And that was definitely holding true in this instance. Now, now, when I went back this time, I felt like such a failure. How could I, how could I have been out of my body three times? Been through all this stuff, almost died, you know. And there's countless other times in your addiction where you were in a situation you could have died. And, uh, and I'm still drinking again now. And I'm drinking hard now. Harder and harder and more and more. If I woke up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, I'm drinking a beer, smoking a joint, hitting a bowl, whatever. I used to tell people I drink when my eyes are open. It wasn't a joke. I'd get a 30 pack, set it right next to me because there's no reason to put it in the fridge because I'm going to kill it before you can drink your six pack. Most of the time, uh, I was insane. Now, I fell into drugs and coke and whatever else I could get my hands on at this point. And it got me to the point where I was going to kill myself. Before I always said, I'm not going to kill myself because I love my family. Well, let me tell you something. Never say never, because I got to a point where I said, I'm done. You know, I got to the point where I said, my family's better off without me, because I can't even go anywhere without drinking. No matter where I go, I have to drink. Whether I'm putting it in a soda can, wherever I'm at. Driving around, you know, McDonald's cups with the straw through a beer can and a McDonald's cup, looking like I'm drinking McDonald's, you know in coffee cups, you know, beer. It's insane. So, I honestly thought, I'm better off dead. You know, they'll be sad for a minute, but they'll get over it, because who needs a sloppy, drunk dad? You know, nobody. So, I came across a weapon that I was going to shoot myself with. And, uh, put the bullets in it, locked the door in my house, sitting there with a, uh, the gun in my mouth and ready to shoot myself. The only thing I was thinking is which way to aim the gun so I don't mess this up. I didn't want to mess up killing myself. You know? In my pagan life I remember seeing Rotten.com, a guy tried to kill himself and messed it up. His whole face was gone, he had tubes going down him. I'm like, that's the last thing I need. You know? The bullet was so lovely to think about. You know, one bullet can take away all this mess and pain I'm in. You know, count me in, and that's how I felt. So, I had the gun loaded in my mouth, and I'm trying to figure out, like, which way to make sure I kill myself, and something hits me. Bam! Like, you know, guardian angel, something telling me, hey, your kids are at home, you know, your wife is home. It's bad enough you're killing yourself, but, you know, don't let them hear the shot that did it. Don't let them come in and find you, you know what I mean? And I was like, oh, all right, you know. And I thought, you know what, it is horrible, I'm doing this, so let me just wait till tomorrow, and uh, I'll kill myself down on the beach, you know what I mean? And uh, so I unloaded and put everything away up, you know. I headed up near the ceiling there and locked all the doors and, you know, left my room and went out there. And I watched my kids play, my wife talked to them regular, you know, because I didn't let on that anything was wrong at all because... I never showed any kind of uh, I need help kind of thing. Everybody would have been shocked. I had hid everything my whole life. So, you know, I was used to hiding stuff. And uh, it's a weird feeling to watch your kids playing and your wife and you know in your head they have no clue I'm going to kill myself tomorrow. You know? It's a crazy, crazy feeling to have. The night went on regularly. Laughed, joked, whatever. Said prayers with the kids, put them to bed. Good night to the wife. We went to bed. As I'm sleeping, 
all of a sudden I'm in hell. Now when I say hell, I mean, I mean this cave. The cave is humongous. I can't even describe the, you know, over to my left, there's like a, a two mile wide crater with orange, like yellowish, reddish flames coming up and the screams are millions at the same time. And the thought that hit my head was like, that's where Hitler's at. That's where the major people who are leading a lot of people to death are, you know, or did have, or whatever, or where they will be going. And where I was, was up on this ledge, and there was two, like, uh, entrance, like, cave entrances there, you know what I'm saying? I didn't go into them, but I could see them. And uh, I had a demon, there was demons all over, and there was people just screaming all over. And a demon would grab my right arm and pull and would rip my arm off where I would my whole arm would come off and I'd see the skin hanging and the veins and the blood and you know the first two three times you see that you're, you're still used to thinking how we do on earth and on earth we're like oh no what panic but there it's different so you're shocked but he'd pull it off and couple seconds later it would be back on again and he would do the same thing all over again and he'd be holding my arm looking at me laughing because he just wants to see the fear the fright on my face so in front of me stood this only way I can describe it is a monster and I'm talking like four foot wide huge shoulders um, like Sully off of uh, Monsters Inc if you ever seen that and that was a cool movie and all, but this guy was like evil, huge, big like that, huge. Um, like knives, you know, huge claws, huge. And these things, he would, he would just go like this, wham, and come off from this side. And when he'd hit me, he'd just rip my stomach to shreds and my whole insides would fall on the ground of the cave. And I'd look down and, you know, once again, you're shocked. How's this happening? You know, can't, if it happens here, we're dead. But there, by the time he'd pull his hand back again, I was healed. And he would do it all over again, and he'd laugh at me. So the whole thing there, they wanted to laugh. They wanted to see your fear. They wanted to torture you. And they were content to do this forever. You absolutely knew that in your heart as you are there. But I remember cursing at him, saying, Do you really think I give a F what you're doing? Think about it on this earth I'd run crazy from this guy but there I, he didn't even affect me because I couldn't feel my stomach being tore open I couldn't feel my arm being ripped off and even with the smells and even with the screams the panic the chaos constantly the chaos for me was the separation from God knowing that I can't I can pray all I want I can't get my prayers up to him it's over you know it's like grabbing a rubber ball trying to throw it through the ceiling. It's not going to happen. You know, and for, I realized instantly that if, as long as you're living, as long as you're breathing and walking on this earth, I don't care if you're atheist, I don't care what you are, new age and this and that, wake up because as long as you're breathing, you have a shot to pray to Jesus, to drop to your knees, to ask God to come into your life, to save your life, and to turn your life over to God. And you can do that as long as you're breathing. Once you breathe your last breath, the dishes are done. Whatever you've accumulated to that point will be what happens. And a lot of people say, well, my God isn't a, isn't a, uh, he's a loving God. And, and there is no hell. And he wouldn't put you in hell. And he wouldn't do this and that. Let me tell you something. That's all nice and everything. And you can keep that where you keep it. But hell is real. And you know who put yourself in hell? You. Because you're showing how you lived. You see everything you've ever done. And why, as you know, as you see, you, you judge yourself. Well, I, I wasn't this good. I did this. I did that. He has a law for us to follow. And if you don't follow it, you're going to be in hell. In hell, my heart wants to just explode just thinking of that place. I wish I had a thousand years to live here to do good every day I could just to try to assure myself that I don't go there. You know what I'm saying? 
I can't even think about going back there. I tried my best today to give glory to God because I'm so scared of that place. But I'm very scared for the people who don't believe in it because it is so frightening. I'm sure that other people who have had these experiences felt different things in hell. Myself, all I felt was the separation from God. Not one other thing bothered me as far, you know what I'm saying? Like nothing else could ever overtake that pain. And I couldn't believe that I was stuck here for eternity to be tortured and to always know that I had everything. I had my wife, I had my kids, I had all the opportunities in the world and I didn't make any of them work. I squandered everything and it had brought me to this point for eternity. Now with all this going on, I'm praying to myself and I'm saying, Lord God, please look on my actions and look on, you know, how my heart is, you know what I mean? Like, any actions that I've done good, please, Father, you know, have mercy on me. Like, I didn't do what I was supposed to do. I've always loved you, but my actions didn't always show that. Many times I went against what you wanted. And I was begging and begging, and all of a sudden this, this light hit this cave where every divot was just sticking out. And you could see everything in this cave now was lit up. You knew instantly. Your soul knew this is Jesus. Everything was, was stopped immediately. All the screams stopped. These demons and monsters that were pulling on me and, and hurting me were in these caverns. I could see them blinking, but they couldn't be in Jesus' sight. He shut it down. Now I went to look up and I thought, I better, I don't want to offend them. So I just looked down and I said, Lord God, I'm not worthy of you or anything. Please help me, Jesus. This and that. Next thing I know, I look up and here's Christ. Just right here. I'm on my knees, he's a couple feet up looking at me with this beautiful smile, with the biggest smile, the most, he's so beautiful, uh, he had a, a white robe on with a brown sash, yeah, I mean, he was unbelievably beautiful, he's darker than uh, a lot of the pictures that I've seen, but what an amazing sight, you know, really, truly, unbelievable, you know. And I've been searching for a picture that comes close to showing, hey, this is what he looked like, you know. But uh, I haven't found one just like it yet. Um, now, as he looks at me, I'm thinking to myself, this is amazing, you know. This whole story, I know he crucified, he died for our sins and all that, but to see him, to know that you're sitting in front of the Son of God, that he's real, that he, he, he's taking time out to come to me, he's helping me in hell, is unbelievable and I can't understand it to this day I still can't wrap my head around any of this you know um, I don't understand why I was saved or any of this but he looked at me with so much beauty like I was the best thing in the world and I thought to myself on earth I'm ready to kill myself and and this guy's looking at me like I'm the best thing he's ever seen and I, I couldn't you know right then you imagine what is happening here you know right then you understand the amount of mercy that he has the amount of love that he has for us it's unfathomable we can never understand to begin to understand it because we don't have love we don't have the capacity like that uh, it's unbelievable how much he loves us and I said I'm sorry and I love you and he grabbed me with his right arm pulled me up and we just ascended through this cave and into bliss you know into a blue sky of bliss and he said to me and I quote as we as he talked as we talked and conversed we all we, we talked telepathically there was no mouth movement at all or anything like that uh, he said and this is quote I am going to take away your sins you have suffered long enough and with that I was shocked because my my addictions are going you know they're the reason I'm I'm dying here you know what I mean this is the reason I was going to kill myself because I can't live a life without addiction so now he says I'm going to take your addictions you have suffered long enough and I'm like wow 
You know, this is amazing. And uh, at another point I said to him, you know, just let me bring some of this back, please, Lord. You know, let me, let me bring some of this situation somehow in a bottle. Let me jar it. Let me do something. But let me bring it back and show people and say, hey, look, see this? Let them look at it and feel what I'm feeling. And there wouldn't be any questions of what's right and wrong. And it would solve a lot of the things on this earth. Everybody would understand you are the way. But, uh, and this is funny, you know, he, he, he always was smiling anyway. But he just said to me, that's not the way this works. And I thought that that was funny coming from Jesus, you know. Maybe it's not, I don't know. That's how I took it, though. And uh, That's not the way this works. So, you know what, we have to go off of faith. And hope that uh, people see. You know what I'm saying? But that's why I'm doing this, trying to tell my story and get it out to people because I don't want to show up in front of him again and say, hey, I didn't do nothing with what you did for me, man. You know? And uh, now I feel the time is right for me to start moving with the message, and that's why I'm doing this. But he took my addictions. Now, when I woke up that night in bed, whatever, 3 o'clock in the morning, something like that, I woke my wife up and said to her, it's over. She said, what's over? I said, Jesus took took my addictions. And she said, well, hallelujah. Now, my wife never says hallelujah, you know. And if you're an addict and you've been telling, you know, you've told everybody and their mother that you're going to quit, it's over, you're done, I'm going to live straight, everything's over, you know, and it don't work. But here she she just accepted it totally. So I thought about that. And months later, I asked her, I said, what did you see, the Holy Spirit in my face? Is that why you said hallelujah? And here I had forgot that she had contacts back then. And her eyes weren't even in. Her contacts were, you know, not even in. She couldn't see anything. She said, I couldn't see. She's like, I just felt something in your voice that put my soul at ease. And I believed and I was like, oh, hallelujah. So, the amazing part is this. Of course, it's amazing. I've been to hell. I've been with Christ himself and conversed and seen him and his beauty. But from that moment of waking up, I have never drank another beer, done another drug, hallelujah. And it's not from me, and it's not some mind thing, uh, oh, he had a dream and he talked himself into not drinking anymore and all that garbage. New age things and philosophies and all that stuff, you can keep it. I was in hell and I seen Jesus and he rescued me from it. And if he didn't, I would have killed myself that following day. No doubt, no doubt in my mind. So, it's amazing because I drank every I drank at least every hour of the day you know I was high for years not days years weed drugs alcohol my body was on all the time I went to bed drunk woke up drunk you know I, that's how I rolled for years and to stop instantly to stop to where it, it, it's like it never it never existed you know, and now my life, this is two and a half years now since this time, and it, it, it's like it never happened to me. I think of the old stuff I did, the craziness, the fighting, you know, the uh, tough guy, you know, construction, drinking, drugging, you know, all that alpha male fighting bull crap, you know. Um, it's all empty, you know. It's all junk, and it's all real shallow, and... Uh, you know, God took me from somebody like that to what I am today. Now, I'm not perfect by any means, and I'm a screw-up just like everybody else, but I'm trying my best and trying to give my life to Christ. And uh, it's amazing what He can do. He's taken me from that and who I used to be and, and shown me so many different things. I know my kids now. I know my wife now. I come home all the time now. I, uh, you know, my whole life is spent to have fun with them, make memories with them. You know, be the priest of this family, of my family, of making sure that we stay on point with God. You know what I'm saying? And 
and we all have our own walk with him and everything like that. And it's like beforehand, before this, we never, pr you know, I prayed with him, but we never went to church or anything like that. Or, and it's amazing. It's really so amazing that it's very simple. Like the Bible says, knock and it will be opened, you know. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find, you know. Now, I'm not a... Bible quoting guy and all that, you know, and I'm really into the word now and trying, you know, to learn it. But uh, a lot of people can spit different uh, verses and everything like that, and that's awesome, you know. And we should know it as uh, lovers of Christ. We should. We should know the word of God so we can empower ourselves, you know what I mean? Put the, put the uh, armor of God on us. But guys, this is a this is a true miracle. A true miracle of life. He simply just took my drug addiction and my alcohol addiction and took it away. That's it. No dream could ever do that. You know, I've had dreams before. I'm still an addict when I wake up. So, for everybody out there that's trying to figure out how this happened, you're staring at a miracle. Am I something special? No. I'm regular. And I mess up every day, you know what I mean? But I am a miracle in the fact and in the eyes that Jesus Christ did come and pull me out of hell. So, I've been to hell and I've seen Jesus. Okay? It's amazing. And I want to share it with you because for all the addicts out there, for everybody who suffered through abuse and just thinks... You know, I just want to end it. You know, I just want to get out of here. I just want to kill myself because I can't deal with all this stuff. I, uh, you know, I, I'm not making anybody happy. I ruin everything I, I ever touch. You know what I'm saying? That's what addiction will do. It'll rip every single thing in your life and trash it and make you feel so worthless. But really, guys, all we got to do is just lay it down. Lay it down. Take all of that negativity, every single thing that is on you, and lay it down at the foot of his cross. Lay it down at the foot of the cross of Jesus Christ and say, I love you and please come into my heart. And I can't deal with this. I need your help because I can't deal with it. Please take it from me. I can't deal with it. And if you're not going to take it, then give me the strength to get through this. And that was one thing I remember saying to him. You know, when I was sitting playing with the gun, I said, Lord, you know, you say you never give me anything I can't handle. Well, I can't handle this, you know. And to see how he just came right in and stopped me at the most opportune time is amazing. I surely, it's hard for me to explain it to you. I'm sure, I really hope that you understand what I'm saying because uh, it's absolutely true. And as I tell you, I have the images in my head. I always have the image of Christ with me ever since. And I think that's because, uh, you know, sometimes the enemy will come in and say, that didn't happen, Jesus don't love you, this and that. But, you know, I just say, be gone, Satan. You know what I mean? I rebuke you, Satan, in the name of Jesus Christ, because I can see Christ with me all the time. I'm very aware after this whole episode of spiritual warfare, you know, there is a battle for each and every one of our souls every day gang you know and uh, I would just tell you that I don't I, I'm not here to preach about some church or this or that Catholic Protestant whatever okay what I want to tell you is that Jesus Christ is real he died for our sins he is the Son of God he loves us hallelujah believe it his mercy is unfathomable Give your life up to Him. If you come to Him, you will feel the Holy Spirit eventually. And the Holy Spirit, when that hits you, will light your body with so much energy that no drugs in the world could ever light your energy up. You know, give your body that kind of energy. It's amazing. So you will feel the Holy Spirit, you know. And as you go and you cleanse yourself and you try and do whatever you can do, but please don't get caught up in, in the times of where we're at. 
and all the things that are empty. If you notice people, you know, they'll, they'll buy this house, they'll buy this house. Even the multi-billionaires, you know, they'll buy a house that's $150 million, stay in it for two years, move to another one. Because why? That one wasn't good enough? You know? Because you're never going to quench your thirst. Everything is just for a season. No matter what you have, it's just for a season. I've known people with mansions and pools in their homes and elevators and you know all kinds of craziness thousands hundreds of thousands of dollar cars and all this and it's empty they don't care because they don't have what they're chasing and you know what in Christ Jesus that's the only thing that will quench your thirst gang the rest of these things are empty they're for image they're for self and uh, I really hope that you just come to Jesus. Forget about whatever churches you look at and you want to do. And God bless you with whatever. Keep Jesus your focus. Pray. Pray in private. Fast. Don't tell people when you're fasting. Somebody's bothering you, pray for them. Help the poor. Help the people in need. Help those that nobody's helping. Go help the homeless. You know, it's funny, they got all these things that are all over the place with help the dogs, help the animals, oh, homeless dogs. You know, what about people? You know, we're in America. You know, you're worried about housing a dog. How's the guy that's down the block? You know what I'm saying? Look at a human. You know, because in order to help a human, it really takes something. To get a dog, don't take much. Human, you really got to show. So, what's your character? Guys, I don't know the answers. All I do know is this. Jesus Christ is really loves you. My advice to you is to pray to Jesus. Read the Bible. It's the Word of God. And try and live your life by it. You'll see that doing that, your life will change. Things will get better. And miracles will come up upon you in your own way. And it may not be the way I did it, you know. And chances are it probably won't because that's an amazing event and at the same time that I was saved and he came to hell to get me somebody else on this earth had killed himself over the same addictions and things that I had been through at the same point but they were allowed to kill themselves and I was intervened for so I just want to tell you I love you as I pray that I see you all in heaven do your best give glory to God and his son Jesus Christ hallelujah and God bless you Hey gang, um, I'm doing this video for just to tell you how important things are here. I mean, we have, uh, this life is a vapor of eternity. That's all it is. This life is a breath of eternity. And depending on how we live this life is going to depend on the rest of our eternal souls, where we go. Now, I was in hell. I felt the total separation from God. Um, the, the screams, I mean, these people are in hell right now. There's people, and when I was in hell, I was in, the, I was in the center of the earth, and I knew it, and these people are still beneath our feet right now. These souls are burning in torment beneath our feet, however many miles it is to the center or wherever it's at there. That's where they're at, so they're in the center of the earth looking up. They're looking up wishing that they had just a second to come back here to repent, to give their life to Jesus Christ, but it's too late. And we're here just for such a minute second out of eternity. It's this life. So what I'm saying here is that th this is like, there's nothing in this world that should interest you. You know, this world is just, it's dead. It's dying. Everything in it is dying. Look at society. This place is, is an antichrist society at every angle you look at. Everything in society takes you away from Jesus Christ. And you have this prosperity message out there in these mainstream churches today and claim it and this and that. And it's like people are sitting here trying to accumulate things and materials. And you're accumulating things and materials and property and saving money. And for what? Because you can't bring anything with you when you leave here. No matter who you are, how much money you have, when you die, you're going right before the Lord. That's it. You, leave, you take nothing with you. This place, we are saving treasures up here for nothing and then we have to walk into eternity not prepared at all now I'm telling you when I was 
when I when I first seen Jesus, when I had you know I had been going to church, Catholic church at that time, and I had been going to church every time to see the Lord, four or five times a day, and then I realized that the Lord is with us, the Lord is inside of us. If we empty ourselves out, emptying ourselves out, I mean every day you have to empty yourself out. I mean give glory to God. Give, empty yourself out. Lord, take away my, my humanness. Take away to my fleshly desires. Take away the things of my heart. Take away, let me die to this ego and pride of this world. And let me be humble. And let me try and walk with you and all these things. And focus on the Lord. And then throughout that day, it's very easy to focus on the Lord. Because everything that you're doing, you're already mindful. I'm not going to take part in this conversation. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. And the Holy Spirit will lead you through things. You navigate through your day relying on the Holy Spirit. As we empty ourselves out, the Holy Spirit comes and lives in us. If we just wake up and rush out and go here and there and here and there, then all you'll see that you'll take part in those conversations because your soul's already beaten down, because you're, you're already too confused. And this society today has everybody running in circles for a certain reason for that's by agenda that's been created this situation that you live in with so many distractions and everything like that because the enemy wants you distracted from God so how many of you wake up in the morning and just take that time whatever it is 15 20 minutes half hour and just give it to God just lay there and relax and you say you don't have time but you do have time many people say I don't have time I just uh, you know and they give God their little grocery list prayer their drive-through prayer of what they want and that's it. They go to church their hour a week and they feel, well, they're doing him a favor or something. They know him. And what I'm calling you out to do is to come know him yourself. To die to yourself every day. Ask God in the morning, first thing, please empty me out. Please fill me with your Holy Spirit. Help me to represent you today and be the light in this dark world. Help me. Help me to come out of this world because we're called out of this world. But see, so many people are listening to these messages of prosperity, this and that. Did Jesus come here in a prosperous situation? Was he born in some kind of castle or kingdom or, you know, born to anything of lavishness? No. Was he trying to acquire the things of this world? No. Did he conform? Was he politically correct? Not at all. But you'll have people who will say, well, I believe in Jesus, but I want to chase these things that he did not chase. And Jesus tells us that if you love the world, that the love of the Father is not in you. That we are to come out of this world, that we are in it, but not of it. Obviously, we're here, but we're not to be of it. We're not to take part in the things of this world. So, come out of this thing. Come out of this world. Come out of society. Believe me, if society loves you, then you're not walking with the Lord. Because when we walk with the Lord, we're persecuted. We are the oddballs. We are the ones who everybody says, you're crazy. You're crazy. What is wrong with you? Who cares if we watch this movie or listen to this music? It's no big deal. It's no big deal if we celebrate this or take part in this or that. He knows our hearts. It's okay. It's okay if we just chase this money and chase this and chase that to acquire things and all this. It's like Jesus Christ is alive and I never knew that. I never knew that. When I would go to church, I would pray and, and things like that. And I didn't know that I could have a personal relationship. I didn't know that I could pray to Jesus Christ. I didn't know that the Lord will lead us through the Holy Spirit. I didn't understand that. And so many people believe that they're just going to heaven. They go one hour a week and they feel like, hey, you know what, you're, you're allowing, you're relying on some person, pastor, priest, whatever, to bring you Jesus Christ. And you're not understanding that in many cases, these are businesses. You know, they have to bring people back next week because if people were speaking the truth from the pulpits today, then you wouldn't have anybody coming back to church because nobody wants to hear it. Today, everybody wants their own right and wrong, their own, you know, they want to just be tickled in their ears. They don't want truth. They don't want to hear about repentance. They don't want to hear that hell is real. And as I made this video, I'm seven minutes in, I, how many countless number of souls have dropped into hell? You know how many people end up in hell and they never even know that it exists? He brought me there to warn people, to come to you and say, hey, look, I don't have some theologian background. I don't have this or that. I didn't come from prestige or anything like that. But I'm telling you that hell is real. I'm telling you with all of me that hell is real. I know I'm on borrowed time. I know I've seen this place. I've seen these demons, guys. I've seen demons in the physical, just as I'm standing here talking to you, I've had the Holy Spirit on me and seen demons 
in this world. I've seen these things. This is real. This isn't, you know, some people are wondering, is it real? Is it this? Is it that? You're, you know, the, the enemy that we fight is a spiritual enemy. That is who we fight. It's not the, not the human people you can see. Our battle is with the things that, of the unseen that we cannot see. You have to come to Jesus Christ, pull out of this world. If you say you're following the Lord, then how can you take part or justify that you love the world? You love the Lord, but you love the world. You love the Lord, but you're chasing the money. You're chasing the things, the prestige, the, the materialism of this world. You accept it by society because if you're a man of God, if you're walking with the Lord, then society will reject you. It's an antichrist society. They give you men of God, but very few of them are bringing you truth or truth about repentance or this or that. There's an agenda. They're always trying to twist you to lean towards this or that or prepare you for what's to come. Or, and, and you're blind and you're not going about seeking a personal relationship on your own. People are saying, well, can you pray and this and that? Well, pray for yourself. Get on your knees. You want to find God? You seek and you shall find. You want to ask Jesus into your heart? Then do it. Get on your knees and cry out and beg for him to come into your heart. Repent of the way that you've lived, the things that you have done. Don't be this. If you pay attention to this society, if you allow it in, if you allow the things of this world, which come at a thousand miles an hour from every direction to influence your life, then you won't be able to understand anything. You won't be able to even focus on God because you can't even focus on your own life. They keep you so busy. Come out of this thing. You don't have to be so busy. When you say you don't have time, if you take away that garbage TV that you watch for five hours a day and these bogus reality shows and every other thing and these movies and this and that, then you have plenty of time right there for God. Instead of watching the TV, go lay on your face. Go get on your knees. Go get to know God. Go ask him into your heart, and you'll be shocked when he does lead you. You'll be shocked when the Holy Spirit overcomes you. And now I see where he's led me. But many people are going to be drawn in here, guys, and I'm calling you. If you're just going and you're chasing the world and the materials of it, it's like ask yourself, is this what Jesus wanted? Did he want you to conform? Did he want you to be politically correct? Didn't he lay out what he wanted? And if he says that if you love the world and the love of the Father is not in you, then how do you justify that? Or do you just say, well... I listen to this, but I don't believe in this. Believe me, you need to come to Jesus Christ on your own and repentance. God offers repentance to everybody if you want to take it, but people love their sin too much. They love the way they live. They don't want to have to believe that they have to die to this world because they're in the world. And when you die to the world, then you're the weirdo. Then you're the Jesus nut. Then you're the guy who's in a cold or this or that. That's how it comes about. Then your family starts to say, you're crazy. Your family who likes this or that, you know, and that's, they want to go to Protestant church or Catholic church. And, you know, everybody always believes they have the truth. Protestant, this, that. Everybody believes they have the truth. This church has a truth and you don't. That's how it is. And that's the problem. When you, when you give your allegiance to a church and their mission statement, blah, 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 blah. If you don't follow one or two of those things, all of a sudden you're the weirdo. Well, he don't believe in this or that. And that's not even the case. There's no mission statement with Jesus Christ. It's come. It's humiliate yourself. Be humble. It's come and say, I can't do any of this alone. I need you. I can't breathe without you. Everything I've ever had, have, or will have is only because of you and your grace and your mercy upon me. I've had this vision for years now, and I'll share it with you. It's me in the middle of these dense forests. Okay, I'm in a clearing, maybe a hundred foot clearing, circle clearing, and I am there naked. And just like shivered up like this, okay? As I'm looking around the circle, there's wolves. All around the circle, I can see the eyes of these wolves. Hundreds of wolves just circling around. None of them have been in the clearing. They don't step into the clearing, but they are focusing on me the whole time. And I know and I'm aware, and I've had this vision probably ten times over the last ten years, that God's hand is on me. And that's why these wolves cannot come. But if he were to take his hand off, then they could attack. There's a reason why these wolves cannot attack, because it's God's hand, it's God's presence on me. And I can tell you this, I was praying the other day, I'll share this with you, I was praying, I was wondering, Lord, thank God I haven't been attacked in so many horrible ways, you know, like I've had my shared life, you know what I mean, and experiences, but a lot of people throughout my life, even on YouTube here, have said they'll place curses and all kinds of stuff, right? They're going to send all kinds of stuff, and in the beginning I used to think about it, and now it's like I don't even care. But the Lord put it on me. You have no idea of what I protected you from. 
So understand that. No matter what we go through, a lot of times we like to say, oh, I can't believe, look at me, poor me, this, that, look at the thing. But we don't know what God has stopped. We don't know what he has held back from us. We don't know what he intervened for and stopped from even coming our way. And that's what we cannot possibly understand about God. So remember, we're creation and he's the creator. We're never going to fully understand, but come out of this world. We're called to do it. Leave the music, leave the TV shows, leave this movies. It's doing nothing but dumbing you down. It takes your time. It takes your focus off of God. And it, it brings you right into the philosophy that this world's trying to program you with, to accept. They don't want you to... They don't want you to have your own mindset. They don't want you chasing God. They don't want you pulling out of them, unplugging from their system. They want you to just be a good little sheep being led to the slaughter. And believe me, hell is a real place. And just as we did this video here, many souls have fell, fallen into hell all around this world. And many of them believe that they weren't going to go to hell. So come out of this stuff. Stop relying on someone else to bring you Jesus Christ. Come and get on your knees, get on your face, cry out to God, ask for repentance, repent of everything you've ever done, ask forgiveness, ask Him into your heart, and He will come into your heart, He's truly alive, He works miracles every day, countless miracles, He saved me from hell and took my addictions. Believe me, hell's a real place, don't listen to people that say it's not. Don't follow the world, if you're following the mainstream, you're in trouble, you have to fight the current. Believe me, you, can, you have to fight the, you have to be opposed to what popular belief is. And popular belief, we know we're in an antichrist system. We know this is Satan's world here. We know that the most influential people in this world are in Satan's pocket. And they're going to lead you astray if you want to be led astray. So what I'm telling you is to repent, to come out of this world, and to follow Jesus Christ, and to empty yourself out every day, and to ask the Holy Spirit to guide you and lead you in all that you do, and you will feel it. And he will help you to navigate through your day. He will help you to navigate through your life. And when you do turn off the TV and these movies and, and you get rid of this music and instead of listening to music, you pray. Or instead of watching TV, you pray. You will see your soul's going to just be energized. That the Holy Spirit will come and fill you with such love and peace instead of the, the, the garbage that you're filling yourself with otherwise. Please, guys. It's a distraction, I'm telling you, to come out of this world. Get on your knees and ask Jesus, and don't rely on some preacher or priest to bring you Jesus Christ. Get on your knees and seek him now. Seek him now. Call out on him. Nobody else has any different, you know, line to Jesus than you do. The Pope is just a man also. He doesn't have some divine thing to, to Jesus that you don't have. You don't have to ask for someone else to take your prayers to Jesus Christ. Take your prayers yourself to Jesus Christ. Get on your knees and call out on Jesus. He listens to you. They don't want you knowing that. It, he listens to you. Get on your knees and cry out. He loves us all. You have to repent. You have to come to him. Come out of this world, guys, and empty yourselves out each day. Each day seek the Lord. God bless you guys.